Do you know about government cheese? I know about it. I never experienced it. It's yeah. not good. No? No. It's not good in like a weird kind of way like, you know, bologna is in jail. <laughs> you make a good point. <laughs> you know what I mean? I suppose I could see your point, but I don't think so. Or Velveeta, you know? Okay, here's the thing, though. Josh and I tried Velveeta recently. Mm -hmm. Like, we were like, because we remember this from our childhood. Nostalgia. We're like, let's go. Yeah, it kicked in. So we got a brick of Velveeta, because that's what it's called. It's a brick. I know. It's a fucking brick. thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a brick of Velveeta, and we tried to use it. Disgusting. Oh, there was gosh. no nostalgia in it at you know, all. I recently no. bought a brick of Velveeta because I've been trying to save money, and I'm like, um, I'm gonna start making my own like Mac, like Velveeta shells and cheese. Yeah, you know what I'll I mean? show them. Yeah, and I, so I got a brick of Velveeta, not knowing how Velveeta works. I've only ever right. gotten it in like the 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 sauce. Right. You know right, what right, I mean? Right. Yeah. Uh -huh. So like, so the I same. made these mac and cheese. I put it in a. I, it was still hot, so I just cut off like a brick of it and I put it in there. And I'm like, it's why won't it melt? It's not right? melting, and yeah. I'm just like hammering it in there. <laughs> Eventually, the, it got throughout enough uh, of it that it was good. Did you add a little milk or butter? No, or I didn't anything? add any milk. I no, I just let it. I don't have any of that in my household. <laughs> is that what you guys did? No, this is what I learned. I couldn't figure out why my mac and cheese always tasted like shit compared to Josh's. And then one day, because I don't cook in my house mm. he has to cook or we'd starve to death yeah so then like this is early on in our relationship but like one day i happened to like walk into the kitchen while he's making the velveta and he like is putting butter into it and i'm like what are you doing you didn't just he's like no it makes it better and i'm like no shit. that's yeah. why it's always better when you make it you're putting straight up butter in yeah, there heck i'm yeah. over here like raw dog that's my kind of guy it's awful oh, i was he so knows mad what he's doing. i guess i'll buy some butter then to keep yeah. her you it was still good Light. This is a podcast put on by Guiding Light. I'm Debbie. We have Doug here producing. And then we have our guest today. You can introduce yourself. My name is Sam and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> is that how we're doing this now? I don't know. Okay, that's fair. I never know what to say in that instance. To somebody being like, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, well, I'm an is, alcoholic. What am well, I? True. Yeah. I don't know what I am. Well, I'm a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. Somebody asked me about. How do you feel about the the label thing? Because okay, I remember being in. I, I remember being in early sobriety, and well, not early sobriety, but like you know, those first years of like trying to attempt, like knowing you have a problem but not knowing yeah. how to get sober. At sure. least for me, and being like I. I don't see I don't see the point of me going to a place and having to say that I'm an alcoholic. Like that's gonna make it like then then what am I going to do with myself? You know what I mean? And like, you know, now I see the value, the value of me owning that word and, mm -hmm. um, be, and being able to like, it, this is what I am and I'm taking the power back of that for me. And it doesn't have to, it, it certainly doesn't, you know, define who I am anymore. And yeah. I don't know, like, I, I know you probably have a different opinion than that. I have I have two opinions about this actually. Um, do you have an opinion about this first? 
Well, um, yeah, I do. My opinions don't mean much, but the reason why I said my name's they Sam mean and everything I, and here. I, I, my name's Sam and I'm an alcoholic is is because that's exactly who I am. I mean, I am an alcoholic. Um, but that's you know we could we could go down a deep rabbit hole of you know. Well, what does that really mean? And I yeah. mean, the labels thing, like, I understand that too. Like I could call myself an addict as well. Um, but alcohol is really what brought me to AA. So, um, yeah, labels, I don't, I think labels can be dangerous things, but as mm-hmm. far as being in the program, like <clears throat> saying my name and, and saying I'm an alcoholic, I don't, I think that that's a good, a good thing for someone like me. It's just a reminder to know that like, I drink alcoholically, and if I ever drink again, I'll I'll drink like that. Yeah. Again. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that this is kind of interesting for me, um, so my background is in psychology and social work, and there's two schools of thought on labeling. There are a lot of people in like in the fields of psychology and social work and psychiatry and all that stuff, there's a huge school of thought of people who really reject the idea of labeling and think it's incredibly harmful to people. Um, and they have all kinds of reasons about why they believe that. And I can see some of it. Like I've experienced in my life sometimes where having a label or like diving into that label too much, like being a survivor of trauma or being mm. a victim of trauma. And that became my personality. So like, that's how I led Every interaction with people was like leaning into that. And it was really limiting to me as a person. you're a trauma survivor? Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Like my fun fact for icebreakers right. was always like, not that exactly. I didn't bring down the whole room right, immediately. Yeah. But, right. but it, I, I always looked at everything through that lens. And it was really limiting to me as a person. Well, that's how I was yeah. in, you know, the first, I think it's safe, it's safe to say like the first year, year and a half of like mm-hmm. recovery is like, that was pretty much like I've always been somebody who just like gloms onto one identity to the next. Yeah. So now that I became, oh, I'm a person in recovery now. And then like that yeah. was the thing that I led with like all the time. And like um, it did kind of become like too much of an identity for me, you know? Yeah. And like too, two dimensional. Yeah. You know, like every single choice I'm making, every interaction I'm having is through this lens of how this type of person interacts. And I felt stunted from being more messy or more, more as a person. However, (laughs) I also, um, figured out that I have ADHD as like a 26, 27 year old and having that label and understanding what that means about the way my brain functions has been empowering and freeing and helps me understand myself a lot better than I did before, where I just thought that I was a mess, Mm. (laughs) you know? So it's like, I have a hard time saying one way or the other whether I think labels are good or bad. I think it depends on how people use them. I think it depends on how much people allow that to be one part of your identity versus your entire identity. And I think it matters how you use it too. Like having ADHD has allowed me to give myself a lot more grace because I understand how my brain functions and I'm not trying to force myself to think in a way that somebody who doesn't have ADHD thinks. but the trauma survivor label or being a victim, like that was something that I feel like limited me until I like worked through that. Well, it's funny. I thought being an alcoholic was like this quirky thing about me when I was drinking. 
you know <laughs> like it's just this like it's this goofy thing about me you know i'm ruining my life <laughs> like me liking peanut butter and pickle sandwiches and then now it's like it is just like it's just it's just a good way it, it's a good way on top of the many other things that i try to do to just remind myself that like this is who i am these are the things i have to do to stay on top of this thing mm-hmm. that will like will bury me if I don't, yeah. you know, if I don't keep it under control, you know? And yeah. Well, I think like, that's kind of what you were saying, Sam, like, um, thinking about it in terms of this is something that informs behaviors that I have and then ways that I have to move through life to work with that instead of like, I don't know. I think sometimes, especially when you're talking about labels, like I think people use them to say, how a person shows up in the world entirely just by that like one word or one label. Um, and I think that's where it, it can be damaging. Yeah. But if you allow people to be people and understand like being an alcoholic informs like one part of your life, right? Like mm-hmm. that person who is an alcoholic is probably not going to want to go to a bar with you. <laughs> you know, right. like they're not going to go out drinking. They're not going to grab a flight with you, <laughs> but that's where it ends. Like that doesn't mean you understand like how I talk to people or what kinds of hobbies I might be interested sure. in other than not beer pong probably. Yeah. Although I don't know if you're a really good beer pong player. I'm not. Did you just so. not have the alcohol <laughs> involved and still play? We always played with water, so I don't know. Because you don't want to put beer in the cups. I'm not good at any sports. Is beer pong a sport? I mean, anything that involves, like, hand-eye coordination, like, Fair. finesse. Okay. You know, any degree of competition. I'm just not good at it. Like, mm. I'm. I think I've... This is something I think I've only kind of come to like terms with maybe in the past year is like, you know what? I'm not that good at sports and that's okay. You know? You still play them. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm working on right now is being bad at things and still doing them. Yeah. I think at at mm. its core, that's the thing I've tried to like, like the whole, I, I don't think I'm actually, I actually do think I'm kind of athletic, but like, you know, but like not every like sports is just kind of a microcosm of just like, oh, it's OK for me to just not have to be gr- good at everything. You know what but I mean? Because I'm not I'm, I'm bad at more things than I'm good at, for sure. I've, I think everybody is. Yeah. You know, shouldn't, like, <laughs> yeah. how can you be good at more things but than you're you, bad at? Yeah. Well, but yeah, but that's what you think, though, right? I mean, I guess you could be... Because, like, if you're bad at something, it's like, man, how could I possibly be bad at this? I guess if you just this, don't you know? do it, maybe? I don't know. This is a good question, though. Okay. Because hearing good. that kind of, like... My therapist asked me why I'm not allowed to be bad at things, and I didn't have an answer for her. Um, hmm. Because I'm not. Like, I quit doing yoga because I wasn't good at it. And I don't know how you can be, like, not good at yoga. <laughs> I can understand that, though, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's like I hold myself to this specific um, like expectation that yeah. like I'm either all or nothing, you know, and like if I'm not the best at it, mm-hmm. like I don't want to do it. I just never do it like, again. Mm-hmm. I, like I totally get that. Um, 
Because I'll actually go and do yoga with my girlfriend sometimes. Uh-huh. She gets a free pass once a month, and she'll invite me if I want to come, and and I'll go, and uh, I'll be in there, and I'll be you know looking around, making sure I'm doing the right moves and <laughs> yeah. stuff, you know. And I'll be thinking sometimes I'll wonder, oh no, some is somebody looking at me, thinking you idiot, you're doing the wrong <laughs> thing, you know. But like, but I'm there and I'm doing it, and like yeah. I really like what you said about the. Um, you know, it's okay to be like bad at things and like keep keep doing them because like in order to get better at something like what do, what do I have to do? Like I have to keep trying. Oh, you know, practice. It's just I'm so impatient. You know, sometimes yeah. so. That's like I tried to learn bass and I did it for 20 minutes one time. <laughs> I never picked up a bass guitar again. It's like me with guitar. I did the same thing and I turned into a drummer. Oh, seriously, okay. yeah. that works. Yeah. It's like, no, I just want to hit things. So That's give kind me of what some sticks to me too. and yeah. there you go. Yeah, I've always wanted to learn guitar. I've just never. It's it's just it just does not work the way my brain does. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think that I want to try and learn mandolin. Oh, that'd be cool. Because we have one. Yeah, my, Josh is a stringed instrument player like all of them he plays guitar we have tons of them at our house and we just have a mandolin because he bought one yeah (laughs) for some reason but nobody plays it so i was like thinking maybe it would be fun and also to practice not being good at something Mm -hmm. because i know i'm not going to be good at it i still haven't picked it up though it just like sits in the office behind me (laughs) i look at it sometimes i'm like you i'm gonna pick you you. up one day yeah (laughs) one of these days i'm definitely not in a place where i can like that's a tough one. Practicing something to to just practice not being good at something. Yeah. yeah. I can't make myself do that mm-hmm. yet. I, I've succeeded a little bit with yoga because I realized that I get other benefits from yoga that are like also nice. So like I don't have to totally. be good at it to get the breath work. Like mm. I was having problems for a while with like just not feeling like I could ever fully yeah. get a breath in. Um, so I started trying to do like yoga and I just do it in my living room with like a free app on my TV. So (laughs) it's not even like, I'm not paying for anything. Like nobody's watching me. It's just me and my dogs who are judgy, but they're the (laughs) only ones. They can't tell anybody how bad I am. So, but like the breathing was so good and being present was so good that I started Mm. realizing there are other things you can get out of something than just being good at it, which was a mind blown yeah definitely (laughs) that i had never considered before you know how i know you're not good at yoga (laughs) because because you think you're not good at yoga probably you know what i mean yeah it's like there's no wrong way to meditate the fact that you think that there's a good way or a bad way you know is the crux of the problem interesting jonathan yeah yeah definitely (laughs) you're probably right i mean really it's like most of the time, people I know who are really into yoga, like, and aren't weird about it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You know I what do. I'm saying. I do. Like, they always tell me, like, as long as you're being present and you're getting the breath in and, like, you're moving your body, you're fine. Like, that's yoga. In the essence of yoga is just, like, being present and breathing. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> How do you win at that? Right. You don't. It just feels weird. That was where, like, when I started, like, feeling good about it, I was like, oh, 
feels weird. That is kind of the that is kind of the overall theme of like this past ten minutes though was like mm-hmm. breaking out of this dichotomy of like whether or not you have to win or lose in general. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you can't just be. Yeah, you know. I hate that concept. Mm-hmm. Just it's a tough one. one. Yeah, oh, it feels gross. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's a big part of getting sober. You know, like I do believe which is it. which is why like you know. I have come around to being one of those guys who's like, oh, I'm I'm grateful that I have this problem. Mm. I'm grateful to be an alcoholic because it's like I was not expecting to get the importance of being out of figuring out how to put a, you know, a drink down, you know. I wonder if there are very many people that really do. I feel like that's not as common as it should be. Mm. Probably not. In my experience, no. <laughs> Like and in general, and in my own too. experience too. Like it's not like I I know what I'm talking about, but like, you know, there's like you know, there's a lot of people who still haven't figured out, and it's not like I've figured out life. You know what I mean? But like, I'm grateful that I have like I some kind of outline to figure out how to deal with life. You know, definitely, um, yeah. Which I wouldn't have had if it wasn't for like, you know, the things they tell you to do to figure out how to stop drinking and. You know, using drugs and killing yourself, you know. But this is also why more people should go to therapy in general. Yeah, well, that's probably true. Because I, I do think that that's one thing, like, for people who don't struggle, mm. and I use quotes strongly on that, because there's a lot of people who look like they don't struggle or feel like they don't struggle, and, like, everybody's got something. But, like, people who aren't really allowed to acknowledge that struggle and don't get support or get like resources to help them get through things or just to figure out how to live. Like nobody teaches you how to live, you know? No. Well, like, it I, mean, I, I think people in the program do. Well, yeah. I mean like, yeah. you know, like my sponsor helps teach me, but only like what he's learned in his experience, yeah. you know? Um, but like people outside of, the program not so much uh i think it's kind of like a doggy dog world unless it's family based you know and then we can dive back into what what does family look like you know what was your upbringing and um that requires some you know what i mean also new but the whole like <laughs> what you were getting at with the therapy um i do i don't go to therapy but it's relevant in my life mm-hmm. and it's kind of um, I don't know. It, it might be one of those things where it's like a, a little bit of a nudge. Um, but I've had conversations about it lately and I, I have someone very dear to me that goes to therapy. And um, anyways, I know that that's beneficial because I can mm-hmm. see it. But I like how you're talking about the um, struggle because just a few days back, there was a daily reading and in the reading, I couldn't help but laugh because it goes into talking about yada, yada, yada. And, and then it says, we, we ask for an intuitive thought or decision based upon like from our higher power. And it says, and we do not struggle. (laughs) I'm like, what? We do not struggle. Like (laughs) I struggle, you know, like I struggle big time sometimes, but until like I do struggle like that. Yeah. It's not very often that I'm like reaching out looking for help. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I've got to go. I've got to make it to like some difficult, really difficult, challenging and uncomfortable spots in my life until like I'm mm-hmm. available to for some of those outlets, you know? And yeah. So 
I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing what you're saying, and I, I'm I like that. I'm a big fan of therapy. Yeah, <laughs> this is my fourth time going through. In over the last ten years, I've gone. This is this will be the fourth like round, I guess. Like different therapists and different issue, I guess. Kind of, um, they all roll into each other eventually. <laughs> but like, I I'm a big fan of like not only going when you feel like you need it, but like it can be useful just to have a person to talk to yeah. like just to have somebody that you can like pour into you a little bit in a way that like, you know, they're a third party. They're a, more objective than anybody who knows you in real life. Right. Mm. They're going to be able to say things to you that nobody else can. Like I'm a big fan of people going to therapy, but I will also be honest and say, I've said it on the podcast before, but like I struggled to go back this time. It was the fourth time through and I still had a really hard time and didn't go back until like it was unmanageable for me not to because I just, I don't know, like I'm a coach. I should be able to do this. Lie. <laughs> like, I guess in some ways I just was like hoping it would blow over. I don't know. Mm. What were you going to say, Doug? I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, no. I thought you were. <laughs> I could feel a comment coming from this. <laughs> but I, I just think like. As a person who has worked in the field and like I work as a life coach, which kind of ends up being kind of therapy ish sometimes, but like also as a person who waited way too long to utilize it, it's just like you don't have to wait, you know, mm. like you don't have to wait until life feels so unbearable that you like have to go talk to somebody. You can just talk to somebody because you want to. Yeah. You can go once a month. You can go like once a quarter, you know, and just like check up and see, like, sometimes you don't really know, like the things I thought were wrong in my life were not at all the things that were wrong. There were deeper things that I just hadn't paid attention to for a long time, you know, and like, I'm not in recovery. I did also choose to quit drinking this year, but like, I, I wouldn't, I don't feel like I get to say that I'm in recovery for weird reasons that we can talk about later no, but well, if you want i don't enough, know i just i don't know like and i guess that goes back to the labeling thing we were talking about too mm. it's like who gets to have what label and at what level do you have to have a problem before you get to really say it's a problem that's very personalized and yeah. also individually you're the only person that can label yourself if yeah. you want to um but for me, I do think that, like, to circle back around to that, yeah. that it's, it, it is important because although I'm, like, a recovering alcoholic or, as some would argue, you can be a recovered alcoholic, like it yeah. talks about in the big book, um, it's important to recognize, like, my alcoholic drinking wasn't necessarily a problem because of the alcohol mm -hmm. it's the fact that i am the problem and and it's yeah. those deep rooted things that you're talking about and like the 12 steps there's steps in there that actually like bring me to some of those places in my life where i can see um consciously why i have these defects of character and mm -hmm. and i live my life the way that i do and it's it's because of, you know, trauma, if you will, or mm -hmm. or life decisions on my behalf that I made in, in anger or fear or whatever it was, pride or ego, you know, and, um, you know, uh, it's it's wild to think. But, yeah, when I say I'm an alcoholic, it's just it's really just to acknowledge the fact that, like, 
that's who I am to the core. Although I'm like relieved of that today, I don't think mm -hmm. about a drink. Um, I still like upset. I have obsessive thoughts, you yeah. know, and like that's just it. You know, like I can get addicted to anything. I'm, you know, caffeine, sugar. You know, like. <laughs> It's it's on the moment I have some Halloween candy and I'm stashing it away in my closet to make sure my girlfriend doesn't find it so I can, so I can have enough. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's just what it is, you yeah. know, like alcoholic or not. Like, I'm just a, a obsessive person. So, yeah, hmm. that's a little bit of the label. But also, yeah. like you were talking about earlier. Even though I'm an alcoholic, that doesn't truly define who I am yeah. as a person. Like that, that thought that like, if I go out in the world and acknowledge like my name's Sam and I'm an alcoholic, you know, somebody <laughs> might think, well, mm -hmm. you know, all these um, stigmas or all these things that may be associated to yeah. an alcoholic, and like really that can look way different. Like like you were saying, what actually. Yeah pinpoints you to be like a person in recovery like you're the only person that can say you know like yeah. and, I, and I am like I like to be in recovery because if I'm not in I'm out you know yeah. and that's not where I want to be because I'll be doing some stupid stuff that's the tough in thing. a hurry yeah that's the tough thing because it's like we see what happens mm -hmm. yeah you know like it uh it sucks because like I, you know, I get those thoughts sometimes where it's like, you know, I don't need to go to as many meetings as I used to. And, you know, and I don't need to, I don't need to call my sponsor as much as I should. <laughs> Sam's Careful. my sponsor, by the way. Um, <laughs> and, um, Careful how honest you, know, you are, I guess. Luckily, <laughs> right, I was wondering if we'd get there, but um, I feel a little more comfortable. Luckily, like, um, Luckily, I do, I do have quite a few sponsees that um, kind of keep myself in line, kind of keep me in line. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, but I but I do get those thoughts of just like, like, you know, is this is this going to be for the rest of my life? And there I am thinking about the rest of my life, you know, mm -hmm. which is somewhere yeah. I have no business being. Um, but then, you know, you see, like I saw. I was at a I was at a meeting in a at a detox last week and there was a guy who was out he, he's been sober for thirty years, you know, and he, you know and he and, and he went back out and like everybody who goes back out it always is the same thing it's like you know, stop going to meetings yeah you stop caring about your spiritual condition and mm -hmm. stuff like that like um yeah you know um it it uh it it that just scares the that just scares the shit out of me. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't want to, I, 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 mean, I don't want to go back to that, you know? I think like, so this most recent time of going to therapy, one of the things that really fell off, like me feeling like I was worth taking care of was a big problem. I stopped really paying attention to myself, <laughs> like in a way of like nicely, you know, like there, I could pinpoint every single thing I did wrong. I could pin like grab every single piece of guilt and shame and like all of that. But I couldn't really take care of myself from a loving place. Mm. And I didn't realize that that's what was happening until I finally enough people that love me really badgered me into going back to therapy. <laughs> I had like the third friend in a week that was like, Hey, I, I, 
they have this therapist that you should maybe talk to. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. I get so it. Okay. I finally called and I went back and that's like going to like making that first phone call and going to that first appointment and like, you know, unloading on this poor woman. Um, that's when I realized like, oh yeah, the thing I'm not doing anymore is like treating myself like a human, mm. like a human being that's like, you know, with, with loving energy, not just with like disdain and like, oh, here's mm. all the things you haven't done today. Here's all the things you didn't accomplish this week. Mm. And like, I think when you integrate, like going to meetings and taking care of yourself spiritually, when you integrate that into a loving way of caring for yourself, that changes the game. I feel like I haven't been treating myself like a human lately. <laughs> If that's the way Dog. you describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all do it. Yeah. I mean, this is like, I think this is the thing that's interesting. And not only were my friends telling me that I should go to therapy, but also like I had a lot of clients at the time that I just were reminding me, like I'm giving them all this homework and I'm oh, telling them all yeah. these things to oh, do. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's been a long time since Debbie said she was proud of herself. Ooh. <laughs> a slice of humble pie. Yeah. Like, I think that's part of why, like, you had said earlier that it's been a good long run that I've been doing this work. And I think this is part of why, because this keeps me honest <laughs> to oh. how I'm, like, looking inward, like, sure. having to give people homework. And, like, hmm. it, it happens pretty routinely that like I relate to a lot of what like the guys I work with are going through or like they'll have a sit a situation I'm like ooh I was just talking about that with my yeah. friend last yeah. week and yeah. then I'm then I give them homework and I'm like and I should probably write that yeah. in my planner. <laughs> like, well it's, it's cool because like that's the exact same thing that's exactly the value of sponsorship. Yeah. Where it's like I've had to really like I've had to really like eat crow every once in a while in the past, you know, past like, you know, recently, you know, yeah. and, and I've had to really learn to practice acceptance and I've had to say back all those cliches that I've said to all the guys that were all the guys that I've worked with. And I'm like, well, I guess I just got to eat that now, you know, like what, like, I guess I have to, like, what would I say to me? And I just say, well, practice acceptance 417, you know, and like, <laughs> and now, now when I got to, now when I got to deal with it, it's like, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, that does help. It helps keep me grounded too, you know. Um, Having somebody say your own words to you yeah, and like knowing mm. that you said it to them like two weeks ago, mm. oh, that's a special kind of like stabby pain. <laughs> like I can't describe it. It just, it feels very stabby when that happens and you're well, like. Oh. You're, you're talking about like the value of therapy and stuff like that. And yeah. like really, um, you know, it what it boils down to is it's the value of being able to just get it out of here and in and into somebody who's willing to listen at least for yeah. a little bit you know what i mean to an extent yeah and that really is the value of sponsorship um i mean you know part of it yeah is that you know i've i, I never really had anybody in my life that i could actually be honest with yeah. Like with like what I'm actually thinking. Non-judgmental. Yeah. Non-judgmental because then it's just like everything in my head just becomes this big mess of and like, oh, I'm such a horrible person. And yeah, um, I've never been able to bounce that off of somebody else. And then you by doing that, you realize like, oh, I'm actually not that horrible of a person. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not as bad as I thought I was. You know, that was the value of having Sam in my life, you know. 
um, who I wouldn't have, <laughs> who I wouldn't, <laughs> who, I, who I, you know, wouldn't have gotten um, unless they were going to kick me out of Guiding Light. But like, you know, I think everything happens for a reason, you know, and yeah. I, I do remember. I do remember that. Like, yeah, yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. Really? Yeah, I do. I don't. I do. I remember yeah. the way that you looked at me. Because yeah. somebody, somebody said, "Oh, it was Nate." Yeah, yeah, he said, "Oh, you're Sam." He said, "Hold on, you gotta come with me." And you were sitting right at right at the very edge of the table, closest mm-hmm. to the door, right where I walked through, and and he was like. Doug, Doug, look who it is. It's Sam. He was like, are you going to ask him or what? And Doug was like, will you be my sponsor? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Well, yeah, <laughs> of like course. It's a marriage dude. proposal. I mm. said, but first, let's go out in the in the hallway there and let me tell you every single thing that I think you should do. Um, <laughs> no, I mm. didn't. I was I would just said, yeah, of course I, I will. I do you remember. Um, you said, like, probably, you know, there's quite a few things that have really stuck with me, but I think it was one of the first things that really stuck with me um, and still does and still something I say to people is like, you know, I'm, of course, I'm just, you know, I'm like a week sober. I'm just spouting off at you and I, you know, I think I know everything. And um, you said to me, yeah, you said to me, I noticed that you say, I know a lot, you know, oh. you know, um, um, because that's, what I was doing, I was just like, I know I'm, a, I'm, I know I'm messed up, and I know I got all this wrong with me, and I know yeah. how to make it better, and I know I'm doing the things that I have to do, and I know this, and I know that, and you just kind of stop, and you're like, you just, you say you know a lot, like you don't know shit, you know, like, and, and like that's what I, I mean, I didn't like to hear, I didn't want to hear that at first, you know what I mean? Right. I mean there's a lot of things you said to me that I didn't want to hear at first, yeah. but like, um. But that is one of those. That's one of those things that really sticks with me now, and something something I say to guys now. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's... I mean, it's is one of those weird things too. Like I know and I believe are interchangeable statements in a lot of people's lives, but you can know a lot of things that are not actually true. Mm-hmm. They're just beliefs you have. So you're like, I know this about myself. It's like, well, do you really know that? Or do you just believe mm-hmm. that? Because that's yeah. how you've behaved for right. a decade. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you're like trying to live differently. But sure. like, you know, that's one thing my therapist clocks me on all the time. Hmm. I know versus I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because my beliefs left in my own self, my beliefs can be completely right. like off point you yeah. know like they're not anything real really at all it's all self-generated mm-hmm. self yeah yeah and it's that can be a, a that can be a, yeah exactly <laughs> it's a lot of bs mm-hmm. it can be i mean and it's like i had somebody one time i had a mentor at one point that i was talking to her and i was really frustrated with myself and i had told her like well i'm really flaky I know this about myself. Mm. And she was like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? I was like, oh, like I'm really flaky. Like I'm late to things all the time. And she's like, and what else? Like, is that, is that it? Like you're, you're running late and that makes you flaky. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I mean, like, and it's so weird. Like if nobody ever questioned you on anything, like to your point about sponsorship and therapy and a lot of these Mm. things are 
are all kind of when done well, when done right, like it comes down to like questioning the things that you say and think and maybe even believe about yourself from an outside standpoint. Because nobody had ever questioned that before. I had been saying this for years because that had been something that was put on me. That was Mm. a label that was put on me by someone else. Mm. And I just continued parroting it forever Mm. and believing about myself that I was really flaky. When in actuality, I am incredibly dependable. I am running late often. That might be part of the ADHD. And that I overbook myself a lot. Mm. But like... I am running late a lot, but other than that, like I will show up when somebody needs me, I will show up for them. And that's what she said to me. She was Mm. like, you're one of the most dependable people that I work with. You're one of like, if I need something done on the team, I call you (laughs) like flaky, (laughs) not a chance. That's awesome. (laughs) But nobody had ever questioned me like that belief like that. So it was a really weird like moment. And my therapist does it now too. Hmm. And Sam does that for you. Well, to circle back around to you, Doug, I had a a conversation with my sponsor not very long ago, and this is pretty close to quoting myself. I said, (laughs) I feel like I was a bit more harsh on you than I probably needed to be during a couple points of your recovery. And Mm -hmm. I don't really know why that came out other than... um, I do remember having like a couple challenging conversations with you, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's difficult sometimes. Um, It's just life is difficult sometimes, you know, and having relationships with people and and wanting, you know, what what you might think is best for somebody. But it's so important for me not to tell people what they need to do. Like, I don't know what they need to do. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, and I hear those, I like, I hear that story you just told right there. And I was thinking like, okay, I said that, you know, mm. but I could have been potentially like, damn, like putting a label. I can put a Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've mm-hmm. got to be careful with mm-hmm. saying stuff like that because we all go through things that we go through in order to become who we are, you know? And mm-hmm. like, if I'm truly like living life to the best of my ability and trying to do the right things, like, mm-hmm. yeah, so what if I am late every once and again? Like, that's yeah. a, that's what I tell my girlfriend sometimes is for the longest time it was, we'll get there when we get there. Mm-hmm. And then the other day we're running late and she, and I'm freaking out and she's like, we'll get there when we get there. And I'm like, yeah. what do you mean? I'm like, no, we got to hustle. She's mm-hmm. like, we'll get there when we get there. You yeah. know, but, um, but yeah, so, uh. No, that's an int- that's an interesting. Uh, well, I think it all happened just you know? exactly the way it was supposed yeah. to. You know, yeah. Like, I think maybe you were too hard on me or whatever. And also, I don't want to go back and be the guy who like and be you know so hard on myself to be like, well, I needed it. You know, right. I was a real no, mess. Right. You know what I right. mean? You yeah. know, who knows? But because um, I do think if you know if somebody wants to get sober bad enough, um, it's not like. It's, it's not like, you know, the way you treat them has so much, like, it's not like having the right sponsor is necessarily going to make or break mm-hmm. somebody. You know what I mean? It yeah. is ultimately up to the individual. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I think you, I think there were a lot of times where you were just, you just said the exact right thing that I needed to hear at the exact right time. And it's not necessarily because you were trying to, no. you know what I mean? It's, it's just, just because it it's just the way it is, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, same thing happens to me. Yeah. Yep. Still. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's hard. Like, I think this sometimes as a, as a coach working with these guys and I'm like, oh, was I hard enough? Was I too hard? And like, if you get too far in the weeds on that, you end up stunting yourself. Mm. Because what I found in my years working here is like the things that I didn't think were going to be impactful that I just kind of like threw out there or, you know, like mm-hmm. talking out of my butthole. Like yeah, I totally. didn't know what I was saying, but I was just like threw it out there. Sometimes those are the things that guys will come back later and be like, you said this thing. Doug the, Doug, Doug does this to me sometimes. He's like, you said this thing. And I'm like, I said that. I don't even remember <laughs> saying that. But it was like super impactful for them. Wow. Yeah. And then like sometimes the things where I'm like, oh. This is going to be good. Yeah, and yeah then I right, sit right. And they're like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. This is going to give me points. <laughs> I think we know all about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we do. I they kind of look at me and I'm like, yeah, never mind. I yeah, don't, right. You know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> like, we don't always get to choose the gifts that we give people. Yeah. They're just gifts. And I tell like any of my guys that are looking at sponsoring and they're always super anxious about it. Mm-hmm. Like almost every time, like. They're always like kind of worried about like, well, I don't know if I'm far enough. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I have enough of my own. And I'm like, you never know when you're going to do that thing that changes somebody's life. And it might not even change it right now. Mm -hmm. You're giving Mm -hmm. that to somebody. It might be 10 years from now before they actually use that advice. And you will never know that they did. But they had it because you gave it to them. Mm. So like barring really like crappy things you can say to somebody that are like intentionally hurtful. I don't think we always can know what the things are and we have to still say them because you have to give that gift to somebody for them to use it. If you hold it in because you're worried it's too harsh or not harsh enough or whatever, you're not going to give people the gifts that you can give them. You're Mm -hmm. not going to have the same impact that you could have. Like having an impact in and helping people involves being messy and not doing it right all the time. And that's just part of life. Like coaches, therapists, we all do that. Like Mm -hmm. there's no amount of training that can train you for actually working with people. Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, that's one of the sole purposes of the 12 steps is, you know, the 12 step having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to practice these principles in all of our affairs, you know, and, and share that with the next person, you know, Mm -hmm. and, it's funny because that's exactly how it is, you know, like co- coming up in the in the program and thinking about sponsorship and, oh, am I ready, you know, and having a guy ask you, you know, and then like years later, like seeing somebody mm-hmm. that like you've worked with or continue to work with or whatever that may be, mm-hmm. you know, like it's encouraging, though, at the end of the day, you know, because if you're being honest, like I heard you say honest earlier, um, like it's it's like it's all good like mm-hmm. if you're if you're if you're being honest you know like mm-hmm. things are all right you know but i my deal is i've got to be careful with being brutally honest you know because sometimes that's not that's sure. not necessary and i'm pretty good at it these days but i'm i'm up to what you're saying you know about yeah. you don't know and you don't you know because yeah. i've said things just like you or done things <laughs> yeah and not known until years later yeah like I, I have examples of that in my life and it blows my mind but like yeah it's like wow at that point it's like changing me you know i'm like wow i changed changed them for all that time but now i'm like 
they're changing me back. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it brings it back. It's to you. wild. The brutal thing, I will say one thing. I don't remember where I heard this. It was it was from someone else. I th- this is not an original idea. I'm not taking credit, but. Somebody at one time told me that if you are about to deliver something that you feel like might be a little bit harsh or might be a little brutal, asking permission first, mm. like kind of sets them up too. And it lets you know if they're really right. interested in hearing it. Right. But like, you know, asking that, like, you know, are you available for some like really harsh, yeah. brutal truth? Is this unsolicited or is this solicited? Right. <laughs> yeah. There's a big difference between just like oh, yeah. Kool-Aid man, like right. <laughs> yeah. like bounding through a wall and like slapping yeah. someone in the face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, I'm just going to you know. tell you how it is. Yeah. <laughs> but then it lets that person say like, no. <laughs> No, I don't want that. And you're like, okay. So it's yeah. like knocking as the Kool-Aid yeah. man instead of just crashing through Having the a choice is nice, you know? Yeah. So that's not how it's, how it always was in life, you know? Just, <laughs> no. Like shoot first, ask questions later, you know? But yeah. like, oh yeah, your abandonment <laughs> issues are causing issues with everyone else. <laughs> that's, that's so screwed up. brutal truth should For be real, delivered. Though. <laughs> Oh, your childhood trauma. It would be so much more palatable if it was just a Kool-Aid man through a wall. (laughs) Wouldn't it? Oh, God. At least then I'd see it. Sometimes At least you could laugh a little bit about it, too, hopefully. Instead of, like, two weeks later, you're like, oh, man, I really did say that out of that trauma place, didn't (laughs) I? Whoops. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was great, Doug. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good impersonation. Yeah, it was. We're not going to have to pay royalties on that, are we? What? I hope not. I don't know. On what? Kool-Aid Man? No. Sounded just like him. Are you going to... S- I'm pretty sure he actually played that part for a while. He so might So we have. may have some... Could be. I think there was stuff an, going I think on there. was an ad campaign after I was born. Probably, oh, right? Maybe. Maybe they just... That was a mid-90s you. thing, the Kool-Aid Man, probably. I mm-hmm. think so, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I remember it my entire childhood. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's too good. I can't handle it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Can't handle it. Oh, jeez. It sounds cool. It sounds cool with the headphones on, too. Does Does it? Oh, no. (laughs) Can we put the headphones on? (laughs) What? No. (laughs) No. Do you want to try it? No. I don't. Just, like, cut that little part and just add it to every episode. Like an Easter egg. Yeah, there you go. Just add it in somewhere. Just flip it in real quick. Maybe oh, not. yeah. He always rejects Think. my creative ideas. That's not true. You Change is no hard, you know. Everything. Change is hard. It is hard. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a nice mediator. <sighs> yeah. I was a middle child, by the way. So oh, I was too. There's that too. Oh, I yeah. was an oldest child. Can you tell? Oh, no. I wasn't about to <laughs> go there. Obvious? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, why? I was... Why would why would that be obvious? What what are the I'm just curious. I'm opinionated what are... and bossy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Isn't that always an oldest child thing? Are you the oldest child though? I'm the middle child. Oh yeah. yeah. The middle of five brothers and sisters. That is so mm. many children. Mm-hmm. Catholicism. (laughs) I don't want any kids, so that's a controversial opinion, I know, but... No, it's not. That's okay. Oh, that... Actually, yeah, that's true. In this audience, maybe it would be fine. In most audiences, not not so much. 
I get Maybe asked a lot of questions about it. <laughs> yeah. No, they would definitely not be happy about it. No, no I, I just, I just don't want them. So mm-hmm. five kids out and see it. No, that's my nightmare. Just make sure you're celibate. <laughs> no, we fixed that. It's okay if you don't want kids then. Uh, that's true. <laughs> Right. Do we need to get into it on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I see the door. Are this, we going to open the door? Or are we just going to... Is this sex education corner? Is that what we're going to have on the podcast? No. Because I went to an abstinence-only high school. I did. Well, okay. Not a high school, but... Yeah. In high school, we had... It was an abstinence-only education policy. At a public high school? Mm-hmm. Wow. There's actually a lot of them. Fun fact, mm. there's a lot of extra funding you can get if you are an abstinence-only education school. Is that just a Michigan wow. thing? How come like, I've never heard about no, anything federal. like this at all in they my life? They don't want you to. <laughs> Who is they? I believe it's a Bush-era ruling. Is it a federal thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, federal school funding. Also, <laughs> Texas. Well, yeah, but isn't there a thing where it's like they have like the most books or something? So well, that's if there are like laws also, that yeah. like affect the the like school books and text mm-hmm. textbooks in Texas. Yeah, that like well, it affects everyone else. All the manufacturing else. is there, which is or and they buy the most textbooks too because they have the most schools. They don't have the most people. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. That's just, you know. I might be wrong on that, but. Well, I, I remember te- hearing they are a the- major buyer of textbooks, which is why most textbooks are written to their curriculums. Yeah, I d- that is definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I went to an abstinence-only high school in, yes, in Michigan. But it was it's a federal, it might be different now, but I, I looked that up. I guess we were in high school, George W. Bush. Yeah. Yeah. It was before that, and though. Obama. Like... It, a lot of that was, it might've been that it was kind of in the works on the state level. And then it, a lot of it became federal funding. Like you get extra kickbacks if you're an abstinence only high school. Hmm. If that has changed, cause it's been a few years since I looked up this information, somebody can definitely correct me. But um, yeah, there were only like three girls pregnant in my high school. At oh, graduation. So it works. Yeah, it worked brilliantly. <laughs> I graduated with 76 people to put that in context. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's actually I, probably a higher percentage than that's crazy. Mine, mm-hmm. If you think about it. How many people were in your graduating a class? Lot. Probably yeah. like a probably like Where'd you go? Grand Haven High School. So oh, yeah, probably yeah, 800 900 people in my class. So Yeah. 76 in my graduating class. My sister wow. transferred to the school a city over and she graduated with 44. That's like hard to wrap my head around. <laughs> I know. I went to a like, like fall market vendor fair at Granville High School on Saturday this weekend, and we like walked through the gym and we were like trying to leave because it was way too crowded. And we walked into the gym and then realized that we were not in the same gym that we had been in before. They have two gyms at Granville High School. Mind blown. We had oh. one building. We had one gym, and it was wow. old. I think we had like three gyms, swimming pool, auditorium. You have a swimming pool and yeah. an auditorium. We did. That's too. crazy. Yeah. A lot of schools yeah. had swimming pools. We yeah. didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't even have a swimming pool in our town. <laughs> we have an outdoor <laughs> pool by the city like, hall. Like nobody had a private swimming pool. Probably, but we oh, didn't. Okay. They didn't let people go to it. 
We have there is one <laughs> they public didn't tell anyone. swimming pool, but it's so small that they can't even let that many people in. No. It's like the size of a private swimming pool, but it's the city pool. Wouldn't catch me dead in a public pool, Debbie. No, I wouldn't. Jeez, be dead. No, <laughs> so serious. Not on your life. My mom wouldn't let me go. Well, I think that might be why I'm afraid of water. Did you use the? Did you go on the high school pool? That's a public oh, swimming no, pool. Oh, I've, no, I've been to public pools. Oh, okay. Pools. I don't know. I just, he's, he's just... He's just... Yeah, <laughs> I know no. what he's doing it. No, I don't actually. It, it is gross, though. I don't... Like, I swimming don't in other people's soup, I can't do. I get it, no, no, no. but it just doesn't bother me. I think my mom <laughs> ruined it for me. She, my whole childhood, she would never let us go to the public pool. We would ask in the summer, and she would say no because it was mm. gross. And my mom... Uh, it is gross. I'm not going to say it isn't, yeah. you know, yeah. but it, I just don't care. Her job most of my life has been cleaning at a hospital, too. So she might have a little bit of a oh, skewed yeah. idea of this, but... I think I knew what a staph infection was when I was way too young. Because you got one? No, because she told me about oh. it and showed me pictures. <laughs> she was like, this is why you can't go to the public pool. Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I'll never step foot in the public pool again. No, and I haven't. Oh, wow. <laughs> never. Hey, all right. You've never even been in a wave pool? What's a wave pool? <sighs> God, you're yes, missing out. This is a real question. What is a wave? Is that like that thing at Cedar Point or Michigan's Adventure or whatever? Yes. Where it... It just makes it giant makes waves. waves. Yeah. Yes. Oh, no. All right. That's a ton of fun, though. Why? You haven't been to a water park? What do you do? Why? I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. It's just cool. Yeah. Why is it funny? It's slammed into the big waves. I just... <laughs> like, you're not... Are you it surfing? No, no this is cool. I don't know. Yeah, it you is feel the power cool. of water, right? You know. Okay. Yeah. With a bunch of other people, you're in this like channel, and then it like stops, and there's this big wall, and it just generates these massive waves that you just stand there and try and or not try to and get blown yeah. away by these waves. And this is fun. It is fun. Okay. Yeah, it, it can be fun. It's always been fun for if me. If you have your floaties on. Or not. I don't. You haven't been to a water park, like water slides, anything like that? I went to a water park once. I've, I've probably been to water parks a couple of times and repressed the memories because I hate water parks. Oh, okay. I don't like water in general. I don't remember. I remember <laughs> when I was... Well, here's the root of the problem. Yeah, <laughs> I just, just don't I like just water. I just don't really like water. <laughs> Nothing good has ever happened to me, like, around water. It's just, it's never been good. I used to get eaten by, like, fish and stuff in my uncle's pond. <laughs> They bite, I swear. People always think I'm crazy, but no, they definitely bite. There were snapping turtles. Like, I stayed away from that, but they're scary. Snapping turtles are scary. Yeah. 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 I started my period at a water park once. You okay. might have to cut that part. No. Is that TMI? I no. feel like every girl has one of these stories from when they were like a preteen. That would that would explain some the of the deep seated yeah. trauma you have towards <laughs> oh, the water yeah. park. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh, like yeah. I just, <laughs> and I feel like it was, was uh, it wasn't like a was it a school trip? I no, it might have been like youth group or something. I remember being with a bunch of other people and like my it wasn't with my family. Yeah, and sucks. I remember trying to hide it. 
because that's oh, what you do. Man. Yeah. This might explain the trauma with yeah. water parks and why I would never I like how, like, pools. initially it was like, why? Why don't you, why don't you like a wave pool? And yeah. with the, the deeper we dig, <laughs> it's like, oh, there's a, there real, there's a good yeah. reason for this. Okay. Yeah, it just never, nothing. I went to Florida after um, after I graduated from college. My roommate and I, she, she loved Florida, so... I went with her. I don't know why. There's nothing in Florida for me. Yeah. But we went. Alligators. They're cool. Uh-huh. Fine. I didn't see any, unfortunately. Okay. But I did see dolphins, which they terrified cool. me. <laughs> but I, like, went to walk into the ocean, and I stepped dolphins on a are fish. Awesome. <laughs> they're not. Look it up. I know why they they're not. People. Okay. I don't need to, you know. Yeah, I'm just. But they're smart. Yeah. Okay. Too smart. Probably, but. That's too the problem. smart. Look it up. Google why you shouldn't like dolphins. Everybody knows why. All right. What if I don't know why? Because you looked at me like, does this guy know? What if I don't know why? We're not going to talk about it. I'll tell you later. They're okay. rapists. Yes. Oh, that's awful. Okay. So I yeah. just completely had my view they changed about dolphins. They take people and they drown them. This It's been documented. Look it up. All I'm right. terrified of dolphins. I don't want anything to know. do with I them. The sharks are more uh, like friendly to me than <laughs> dolphins are. Sharks are just trying to eat, okay? Like right. at least that makes They're sense. Dolphins are like That's why they only yeah. take one bite out of you because humans like aren't good, right. you know. Cuz it's yeah. a test bite. Their test bite is just Testing really big. It yeah. It just takes a lot out of you. <laughs> you say that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was good. I didn't mean to say that, but I'm glad that you like picked it up. I appreciate you. All right. Well, do we do the thing? Yeah. We got it. Okay. No. Well, thanks for being here. Oh. If you made it this far, you've learned a lot on this episode. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, some fun facts. <laughs> um. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks this for having great. me. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Doug. Um, I know this is weird. <laughs> I never know, I know how this to thing end. Is weird. Oh, did we say the thing about rating, reviewing, and subscribing? I don't know. Did no, we, we didn't. Debbie? I didn't. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I just remembered. If you liked it, rate us, review us, tell us what you did like about it. Fact check me if you have any. If you if you know any facts, give us five stars, and then tell us what I got wrong. Now we're done. Okay. Bye. <laughs>